Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 160, uh, with Laura Dockrell. But before we get into it, boy, have I got a lot to chat to you guys about. My word, this might be a longer intro than usual. Um, where to begin? The most important bit, this Saturday, we've got my We Are Liz's Club Night at the Book Club in Hoxton. And it's my birthday, or my birthday's in a couple of weeks, but it's the nearest one to my birthday, so we're having it as my birthday celebrations. So so, so, so that's one reason that we'd love you all to come down and hang out, have a drink, have a dance, have a bit of fun. Uh, Another reason is we've got the amazing Sam Redmore and John Kennedy, Mr. XFM Radio X John Kennedy, who, who launched my whole career had to get him down for the birthday special. He'll be DJing. I'll be DJing. DJ Destruction, Chris and Stew from the Drunk Cast and Hardcore Listing. We'll get onto that. And we'll be DJing. But the cool thing that we're doing that's extra special is... So we've been doing this club night for five years now. And from the start, I'll, I'll be there all night and I'll chat to people and we'll have photos and sign stuff. But where the club night's got busier and busier and busier... In the last a year or so, I've had a lot of people messaging me after the night saying I had a great time, but I didn't get a chance to say hello or to have a photo or whatever. So what we thought we'd do, so we start charging from 9pm, it's a fiver. But what we thought we'd do is, it's free before 9. So what we're doing, <laughs> I'm stumbling over explaining this, they've got a photo booth in the in the basement at the book club. So we thought, well, anyone who wants to get there at 8, which is before we start charging, can come and uh, and have a photo booth session with us. So Stu will be DJing at the time, but I'll jump in a photo booth with any of you that, that wants to. We get some pictures. I'll sign them at any point throughout the night. Obviously, still, I'll chat to everyone throughout the night. I'm just, this is an idea for to make it a bit more personal and more engaging and interactive. So come down to that. It's at the book club on Saturday, the 22nd of July, um, free before nine, five pound after nine. If you get in there later, sling your name over to info at thetrashsociety.com because the queues get a bit insane and it queues around the corner and that'll get you on the queue jump list, um, which still has a bit of a queue. But yeah, that's that. Anyway, that's, that's enough of that, isn't it? I should mention the drunk cast, my word, that's a lot of people are saying it's their favourite one um, ever, so it seems like it's the most popular drunk cast. Part one, tons of just, you know, us catching up. Part two is the one that seems... Or part three's got a bit legendary because of how drunk Chris got, but part two is the one that seems to have got the most reaction because it basically consisted of three stories... One from Stu and two from me. And I had them noted on my notes simply under the titles A Holiday from Hell, Shitty Shower, and Bullbag Carpaccio. So you might want to go and and listen to that. That's episode two of the Drunk Cast, of this this most recent one, Drunk Cast 8. And then episode three, we just get drunker than ever. And Stu walks out. Chris... I think talks the most nonsense he's ever talked. If you saw the video we put up, it was great. If you haven't, please go and watch that. I'm so pleased with that. Basically, <clears throat> we did a Facebook Live video before and after. 
and by chance I've edited it together because by chance in the before Chris is there going oh yeah I've not drunk in a while so and we're in a, a lovely new studio so I don't know how this lend for me and then I edit to the Facebook live after where Stu's walked out and Chris is drunk wearing a riot helmet I won't give too many spoilers but he trashes the place a little bit um so yeah check those out Dr- drunk cast part one and two and three um what else should i mention oh this is exciting i got a lot of love we did a destiny 2 special a couple of weeks back and i got a lot of love for that so that was nice and what me and you may know that when i had dan lasak on uh i guess that was episode 100 right on episode 100 um he does a lot of gaming and he's big in the gaming world. He's got a verified Twitch, a verified uh, partnered, partnered, something. He's got a good Twitch account. Um, so yeah, what we've decided is when the beta, the beta of the Destiny Two game comes out of, of this week, I think it drops on Tuesday, or maybe Wednesday. Or th- no, no, it's on Friday. It drops on Friday. Um, we're going to do a thing where. We you, you can go online and join a team with, with me and Dan t- to go and battle people and do Destiny 2 type stuff. So check that out. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think the beta is possibly free. I should know more information. I don't, I'm not a businessman here. But the beta is basically the trying out of it. So um, yeah, there'll be information on our, our social media on that. But on Friday, I think we're looking at trying to do it at 6 p.m., um, on PlayStation, you'll be able to come online and and join and team up with me and Dan Lasak and go and do some raids and stuff. I'm not sure if we're going to be doing strikes or raids or what, but yeah, come along. What else am I meant to, to go into? Speech Development Records. This podcast is brought to you by Speech Development Records and we've got our, our insanely popular sunglasses back in stock. Um we did these, these these sunglasses that have the speech development record slogan of of we may not be for you and that's fine. We did them. We did a batch beginning of June, and they sold out in a week. So I rushed a second batch, and they sold out in two days. So I've rushed a third batch, and they're currently in stock at speechdevelopmentrecords.com. So go and check them out. The, there's also podcast merch there. There's the Distraction Pieces book, uh, Team 3W mugs, which is the Distraction Pieces uh, elite team, the welcome, welcome, welcome team. So, uh, yeah, check all of that out at speechdevelopmentrecords.com. Is that everything? I can probably get onto the podcast now. It's with Laura Dockrell. In, in, in fact, we got a, a Dr. Doc week. So this week is Laura Doc, Dockrell and next week is Doc Brown. So is it? I mean, Laura, I've known for ages, and she's so amazing. I'm so pleased to to have her on. I won't go into too much detail, um, but we used to know each other well back in the day when we were doing gigs. Me, her, Kate Nash, Adele, Peggy Sue and the Pirates, uh, Stuart James, and a load of others. In fact, I should mention as well, if you've got Netflix and you've not watched Glow yet, check Glow out. It's, it's with Kate Nash. Um it's fantastic. It's amazing. I'll get Kate on at some point. Schedules and that. Um, in fact, I've got some good ones lined up if schedules match up. 
there's some uh, good surprises. We've got some good people in town at the moment. So we'll see how that all goes. Anyway, on with the podcast. I'll be back at the end to give you a few more bits of information. Um, so yeah, this is episode 160 with Laura Dockrell. Um, we were just saying how the root of everything when we met was a real mixture of art forms, like from from people there on the, the fashion side of things to the literature side to mm-hmm. the music side to the poetry side. But the theme always seemed to be that uh, theatricality and entertainment. Completely, side I of think things. we're on a landscape of theatre. I, I remember seeing you always had props. You always yeah, had a big yeah. periodic table and yeah and. It, and, and a costume, always yeah, a hat, I'd always hats a bit. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, I, and I and and I feel like we all stemmed from theatre. I met all these people we're talking about at the Brit School and yeah. um, performance and show. But I feel like it's like there was a sense of, as you were saying, which I don't think really exists as much anymore. Just a sense of open mindedness to any craft, and and we were allowed to trespass in, into yeah. each other's worlds and welcome each other. And that's what massive support network without even completely realizing. It's, it's, it's the welcoming and openness. I should mention I'm I'm joined by Laura Docker hey. here, as as I knew in the day as Docker's MC. But <laughs> yeah. now you know you're a grown up and I'm everything. And you've got books and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that was the key because I remember when I started going to spoken word gigs. I was turned off from the whole scene really quickly because it was either a load of people that were all very expensively educated and posh at, at RADA events and stuff like that, or it was old punks who all hate Thatcher. And it was like, cool, I'm not a fan Where of her either, but in? she's been gone for a long while. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? So, And that it was weird to then find the home for my spoken word at events that weren't particularly spoken word, that were were art and fashion i always remember that a lot of the events that that you were at you'd do a gallery or or yeah. or, or, or your work would be on sale yeah. and you'd also be doing poetry yeah and Gemma county who's been on in the past will be doing artistic design and planning it all out we all we all believed that we had to be unique and that was part of the creatures that we were was that we had to look like a species of yeah. some kind which yeah. was that we were going to be oddballs a bit like those toys that come out under the bed in toy stores yeah. in sid's room completely <laughs> and all just come together and we've all got a little talent but, but that was it it was that thing because these days i think you need to and you see it with club nights a lot for example it has yeah. to be oh this is an r&b night or mm. this or that whereas those nights were always just just collage, come. yeah. Just come, it'll just work come, out and there'll work. be Garage being played and then Kate Nash will be on and then I'll be on and <laughs> J- Jack Pinata and all this But you did a really good job of blending forms, I feel like. Even at that time, I think what you were doing was, um, it was a mixture of everything. It was, it felt, yeah, at times it was kind of like a seminar, like a yeah, po- po- a yeah. kind of more a seminar of there are no rules to art, really, which yeah, we were kind of drinking in in that way, but yet you could dance to it as well. Yeah. And Again, I think that was the key of everyone, was that there wasn't anyone going up there and going, I'm an artist, here's my performance, except it was going, oh, what do these, these people want? Mm-hmm. If Kate was doing a set, she'd yeah. change it to more up-tempo or have more electronic beats and you just if it jump felt on. right. Yeah, and we'd all collaborate. <laughs> we'd all just, just jump on. <laughs> we'd do what we want. And that worked nicely. There was, was that, cool. that, 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 that owing to the audience as such. If they've paid, then we want to try and give them something that they want rather than go, 
you're here. I'm now going to share my art with you for half an hour. If you yeah. enjoy it or not, yeah. it's like no. We don't care if you enjoy it or not. It's yeah. happening. You've got to enjoy it. It's like yeah, it was. It was, it was different fun. every time, and that's yeah. why I think we made it so because we, we loved it as well. It was good fun. It was yeah. just the, the stage was a playground for us. We were that 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 time. So yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And uh, at, at that point as well, you as I said your art was a massive part of it. Mm. And I got a message off my mum this morning to show. <laughs> I love your mum. The piece of art that she bought from back in the day that's still hanging up in her house, and she sent a message to say it, it makes her smile every day and makes Aww. sense. But it was it was as someone in their pajamas uh, walking a rabbit, <laughs> and it says, um, "I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't the faintest idea what is going on." <laughs> And my mum, I, I, I remember her buying that in huge excitement because as a kid, she had a pet hare and she'd Did take you? it for a walk on a lead in South London, not far from where we no are now. Way. And she always told the story because she found it hilarious. The groundskeeper, there were signs everywhere in this park that said no dogs. And the groundskeeper would always r- rush over and then go, oh, that's not a dog. I'm not sure what sh- what could be said because it was a hare on a lead. What was and, the hare's name? Do you know? I don't know. You've I don't got to know. Ask her. But yeah, it worked perfectly. That she came perfect. she came to this event and that was hanging on the wall. And she, again, she's very open about the fact that she, she's never really become an adult and hasn't got a clue what's going on in the world. <laughs> it's at, funny you draw something day. like that and you think, will anybody ever like this? Yeah. And then there's one person in the world exact who also connection. hasn't got the idea what's going on and has a hare. That that, that picture made me then hunt out a screenshot I did which I'm going to post at some point on Instagram again because just to illustrate my mum's still not having a clue what's going on I've just got this <laughs> I've got this thing a screenshot that's a WhatsApp group and it says um, mum has started the WhatsApp group b- boys and mum has added you and mum has added my brother Ian and then it says mum has left the group <laughs> so basically because <laughs> she didn't have a clue how it worked and she didn't she was like I've started this group alright I've left the group and me and my brother are just, just commenting underneath going okay, okay. that was that, that was, was weird that but, happened but yes yeah, so, so what was the the drive at that point did you think right or did you even have it's going to sound odd but did you even have a focus was it I'm going to do drawings or was it I'm going to do poetry? Because mm. the drawings would always have some writing with them, yeah, so they'd generally completely. be part of it. I just felt completely the same as you, compelled by the scene that was happening and yeah. thought, I just need to do something. I thought, I, I, you could... I thought, like so, I see them now when I go to so many schools. I mean, I go to schools every single week. I've yes. met hundreds of kids and... It, you could be that kid in the room that you think I'm gonna. When I'm older, I'm gonna be this, and I'm gonna own the um, Walt Disney Palace, and yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have a million pounds, and then that means I'm not gonna just buy a one-bedroom flat in West Norwood. Yeah. I'm gonna be able to buy, yeah. and you, all these big dreams. And then suddenly you realise if you, I don't do something quick, I'm gonna get lost in the shuffle, and yeah. I'm not gonna be all these things I want. So, I mean, the thing it, it takes is guts and confidence and some sort of I don't know mad bravado to yeah. kind of go. Fuck, I've got to have a go at this. I've got because something if I, can I don't, offer. yeah, I'm going to just get forgotten. So I think we were all just throwing stuff out there, testing, and it was a complete laboratory every time any of us did a show. Yeah. It was an experiment. Yeah. We didn't know what was going to happen. But we thought, if we don't, we're going to get lost. So I, I mean, I, I never recognised myself as a poet. I knew I was obsessed with poetry, from abnormally obsessed from a really young age, fascinated by yeah. words and language from a really young age. But I didn't know, as you said, most poetry, as Simon Armitage always says, most people isolate poetry because most poetry isolates people. And that's so true. I feel 
that's exactly how I felt. But then one day I started telling stories and when once that happened, people started calling me a poet. I was like, you know, okay, you call me that. That's fine. Spoken words artist. You yeah. call me that. I'm just doing what I'm doing. And everything we do, Pip, you and I, and all of us, you mentioned loads of our friends' names. We're all just telling stories in a different platform, whether Completely. that's through a picture. There's a story in that picture yeah. you just said, or through a film, if you're acting or yeah. through me writing a book. There's, we're all just telling stories yeah. all the time and how we illustrate those words that canvas doesn't have to be um, a book or, or doesn't have to be a stage we're just in dialogue and making conversation completely and it's, it's, it's what I've always loved about your your poetry or storytelling and polar bears and Kate Nash's songs and stuff like that was that it always felt like a relatable story mm. like I've always said about polar bear that pretty much every poem he's ever written is about the Midlands when he was was growing up, yet they're all completely individual and completely like he's not as someone who's got these poems on all these different subjects. It's all rooted in the same place, yet you feel that and you relate to that. And your oh, work, so, so work was always similar in that way that it felt um, I was getting an insight to an upbringing that was near to mine but not mine. And there was that familiar. <laughs> I was like, I'm not. I've not had anything. I like your life, but I can relate to all of it somehow. So. Yeah, you, you almost almost intangible. You want to yeah. be like, I understand, I want to hold it. Oh, it's funny you saying about polar bear because I remember saying like, why do you talk about this Jessica chick all the time? Yeah. Like she's in all your poetry and now I'm seeing you doing a theatre piece and this Jessica girl, who's Jessica? And he just was like, don't know, made her up. I was like, wow, like you just completely spun all your fans into this world. Yeah. You think you kind of, finally you're getting all this stuff off your chest and it's just fiction yeah and i just love that i love it because it's that's that the imagination incredible like that's where we can grow everything that's what we all live for yeah i always remember hearing and it's it's, again it's not someone you generally relate to poetry but i always remember reading an interview with a billy joe armstrong from green day and he was saying (laughs) how he realized at at one point that if he wrote fiction but wrote it in the first person it was so much more relatable Mm -hmm. and it's it's the same with that like polar bear will tell these stories it it is fiction but it's based on things you've experienced whatever else but but if you stand there and tell it as as if it's a story then people are like all that more engaged rather than there's this fictional person called john he's done this and done that and that kind of confessing yeah and then they care yeah and you and it's a beautiful therapy in that way because it means that you can confess but you're writing it as fiction so it doesn't feel as if that's it you can write all your true <laughs> emotions and experience but it's like oh it's not true exactly. kind of is but it's not true <laughs> so so what was your upbringing like like where did you live and where were you mayhem i lived in um, brixton i grew up there with yeah. my brother and sister my mum and dad my parents were complete hustlers which is how i've learned the trade i've been grown up with yeah. the trade so my mum at one point was i mean she broke a world record for fitting 21 girls in fishnet tights um, and stilettos into a mini. Amazing. She was a kissogram. And I think even when she was pregnant with me, she was still kissogramming. Amazing. Um, And (laughs) my dad was a prop man. He had a business called Prop Around the Clock. Brilliant. In a white transit van. And they were punks. So I was the first kid to be brought up amongst all them, the punks, and would spend all my kind of nights falling asleep on pub tables with leather jackets as blankets. And... I just loved people. I loved adults. I'd love it that I'd go to parties with, with my mum and dad and I'd they'd set me up a little bed and then some drunk woman would come and tell me all her boyfriend troubles and I'd be like eight, hey, listening, thinking people are 
amazing yeah people are amazing yeah. you don't have to look far for inspiration because it's right there you just yeah, need to tune completely. into it yeah um and obsessed with adults from a young age and um my brother and sister and i just had an absolute ball i loved being a big sister i i loved having two little people to direct and to be in all my plays and yeah. stories could make them do basically anything for Amazing. a promise of jelly tots that never came yeah <laughs> and I love it. um it was mental i remember one person once described my house as having cats in the frosties because literally it'd be like, it was a jungle there'd be like socks in the fruit bowl and it would be hysteria yes. which drove me completely up the wall but I was used to not having money for months. My parents yeah. made that feel like a n- normality for yeah. us. And then when we had money, we'd just blow it all on Chinese takeaways and go yeah. to Spain and yeah. spend it all in a week. Perfect. <laughs> and I'm used to that. And I do feel blessed for that because at times when I was 14, I was angry. I'd rail against it and be like, why can't you just be normal? Do you think, but now I love it. Do you think kids suffer a little bit these days because of social media and the internet giving an awareness to lifestyles that aren't their own because I, I completely relate to that how there's there's a point where I didn't gr- grow up jealous of people with loads of money or this because I didn't know about that no, I, was, I was discussing uh, with a friend uh, yesterday in fact whose kids five at the moment and, and she was saying they were thinking of going to Florida and going to Disneyland and all that and th- then they realised at that age you take him to Thorpe Park and he doesn't know there's the any difference. better than that. Do you know what I mean? He, he doesn't know there's an improvement. Or you take I mean, him to the pinnacle, a local anyway. swimming pool and he doesn't know there's any difference between that and the, the water parks of Don't America. Don't blow your load too soon exactly, exactly. So th- having that... But I think <laughs> when, when we were kids, that went older and older because mm. you just weren't aware until someone took you to Disneyland or something like that. You, you didn't know that was an option, so you didn't have that comparison. Therefore, whatever you did have was great whereas now it feels because you can just see the world online so quickly you can go well our caravan holidays crap it's like no our caravan holidays were amazing because because we didn't know that there was a better option we thought caravan holidays were the pinnacle of holidays completely this you're absolutely right the other day i was at school and we were making these aliens and um we were like you know that game where you like draw the hair then you bend over the paper and you pass it around so at the end you get an alien that isn't yours that everyone's made together And um, we said, who am I? This kid unrolls his seven, he is. He unrolls his paper and he goes, my alien looks like Donald Trump. And I was like, do you know what? I don't want you to know who Donald Trump is. I want you to still believe that, like, the world is flat. And that, um, you know, you can turn sticks into horses. I don't want you to know who Donald Trump is. They're so aware. This is a really scary time. It's like, he's kind of turned into the ultimate, like, Disney villain that they can kind of... And, and which is good in some ways because I, what, what angered me in my teens I felt so my parents grew up in such a bubble that I always felt really embarrassed when um, subjects like religion or politics came up I almost felt like I don't know anything about this because my parents what are these things but now yeah. I'm so grateful for it because I lived in the, and it's helped my work it's aided me to be able to be a massive advocate of dreaming yeah. which is what I believe in yeah. and we should be entitled to dream and actually that that's what I love standing in the queue of a post office and being somewhere else but kids that they shouldn't know what contour is and what yeah. who's had a boob job or not yeah it's too exposed and absolutely right i think that goes as little as you know that of anything of like you should believe if you've made a cake that that is the best cake in the world yeah. and you've done it yeah yeah it's it's, it's it's having those comparisons and again it is a weird not that we're going to spend the whole podcast talking about the internet and, and social media but it is a weird world because people will children will know who trump is because of both the left and the right, or mm-hmm. potentially more because of the left, because of that 
having to push that he's this evil person, which he 100% is. But again, it's like, <laughs> do we need to push it that much so that everyone's aware of it? And, it's and just similarly, time when you don't have to think about it. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it becomes a trend online as well, which I think is negative for kids of highlighting what what we perceive to be bad. Um, and let me explain that a little bit. If there's a kid who wants to be like a Kardashian, that might be okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you yeah. know what I mean? So to then shame them for being that, again, it's it's Completely. not personally f- for me, and I can see how it can be a negative, but I think people go, well, they're leading people up the wrong path. So well, equally, if you're shaming because if they hadn't got so big, there'd be a small section of people who like them, a small section of people who like this look and that look, and so on and so forth. So to shame any look surely is a negative thing. I so agree. when people are so kind of, they'll post them, them pictures of Kim Kardashian on the beach where it does look very odd and very alien <laughs> as such. But it's like, well, surely, again, I, I argued with someone on that and, and they were like, yeah, but they're a bad example for kids, blah, blah. It's like, but you're still having a go at someone for how they look. And that's exactly Surely what that's the negative example. That's as negative example as anything. And actually so much of the Trump hate comes from how he looks. Yeah. Again, it's not because yeah. of his politics, because the kids aren't engaged or being taught about yeah. that. They're just seeing um, someone who looks like they've been tanned well yeah. with yeah. Uh, overly bleached hair yeah. that doesn't perhaps suit his wrinkles. Yeah. That's what they're seeing. And that gives them an enemy. Yeah. And it's, it's such a weird one, isn't it? Because as grown-ups... That's not what we teach. Yeah, it's not what we teach. But they're easy jokes to go to and things to laugh at. But we know the depth underneath as well. Uh-huh. So we know a, a further layer. Whereas all the kids will get is that one layer. It's I like it's, it's like um, I had problems or I had, I had inner conflicts with oh my godchildren when they got to a certain age. Because I am I think swearing is fucking great. Um, I, I, I think it's absolutely fine. I think it's part of language and development. Yeah. And I think I was listening to Joe Rogan talk about it and he was saying he realised that he's open about swearing with his kids when they're at an age to understand when it's right and when it's not right. Mm-hmm. And that made a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't sense them, but I know at four or five, they don't know the value of that word. Yeah. And they, if they know it as a naughty word, then they'll just say it a lot frivolously, which removes the impact of it and the and the value of it so so a swear word gives them currency to get in trouble for things they don't even realize yeah. if you're too little and you're using these and you don't, understand, language, it, you don't yeah. understand the power of it you just you're just asking your kid to get detention basically yeah. and that's you, long for you as you're a parent get in trouble yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so it makes but sense but again it's brilliant too yeah it's a similar th- thing there though as said it's 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 fine for for you and I to watch a clip of Trump stumbling or bumbling or looking like an idiot and go, look at that idiot. But because we know the the, the more deeper reasons that underline evil and darkness, whereas a child, you're completely right. You encourage them to hate someone because they look funny. It's like that's, and that's not, not positive ever. It's absolutely never Absolutely not, thing. especially not for a kid. So, yeah. yeah, that's the kind of, I guess that's what, yeah, that's the world we're in. But. Yeah. So, so, so where did it go from sleeping on, 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 on pub tables with... <laughs> A, a leather jacket as your as your pillow to kind of finding your way into into Brit school, and I think Brit school is something that gets misunderstood a lot, you know, because oh, there was certainly a backlash of it being this posh thing, and there will be some people who go there who are from rich families mm-hmm. or showbiz families or whatever else. But there's also it's there's a lot of most of the people I've met from there come from working class backgrounds and just got to go to this performance based school, so. 
It's, so it, when, when I went there, it was 10 years old. I was at a posh school for a little bit. I went to a private school. My parents were so sweet. They, I was the oldest. They gathered all the money they could yeah. get. I was living in a really small flat in Brixton. They pulled everything they had to send me to this good school and yeah. get me out and give me a good education. But it just didn't suit me. And I yeah. really... Um, it was a fine school, but I struggled and they didn't have any time for the arts or creativity. Yeah. And I mean, when the sciences got split up to physics, biology and chemistry, I was like, are you joking? Already <laughs> sciences one is hell. Like, yeah. how am I going to understand this? So going to Brit school, basically a, a girl from my primary school, I saw her over the fence and she said, um, have you heard about this place called Brit school? Like, I'm going to go. Like, But she was at a Steiner school. We backed into a Steiner school with sheep wandering around. They were wearing their own clothes. Amazing. And there was a baby and a 13-year-old all being best friends. And I was like, yeah, this Brit school place doesn't exist. All right, yeah, Emma, yeah. chill out. Anyway, I researched it. My mum said, all right, it was only 10 years old. And she was like, how am I meant to trust this place? It just sounds like somewhere in the middle of Croydon, you know, this building. And, I, and she went, you can you can apply but you have to do everything yourself thinking she's not gonna get yeah. her shit together and do this i got my pitch taken the little chemist a little sent off the application form took my mum around and um there was nothing i mean i'm talking like the rooms are literally um it looks like someone's it looks like a building that's just was made, was made derelict overnight the props are like broken broomsticks it's just carpet rooms black walls and basically an empty canvas a playground to do whatever you wanted and my mum just thought this this is right and um and after and that changed my life that school yeah it we everybody it everyone thinks it's this posh kind of fame you know over the top yeah there are those people but actually i think it's giving all the people a chance that wouldn't have if they didn't have money you know i would never have been able yeah. to go to afford a proper performing arts and, school and it's the it's the freedom and openness to acknowledge that there are jobs in the arts which is something that's 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 overlooked in schools hugely um the reason a lot of kids look and go i want to be an actor is because they like films yeah and all they but no one's taught them about films because because well, what they might want to be is a writer or a runner or a cameraman or a lighting person or all these other things oh, in you've that. Got it. I'm but glad. they just see it and go, I want to be an actor because that's all I know. Yeah. And things like the Brit School is going, look, there's this whole world. You could be a researcher. I'm so glad you're saying that that because the whole part, the Department of Media, the path production Mm. gets completely written off of that Brit school. But music. Because the ones you hear about, uh, Amy Winehouse, Adele, Kate, all these, they don't listen, they don't, we forget about, I mean, the, it's just as important that we've got lighting designers that are, you know, in charge of massive shows and um, script writers and directors, producers, all that have come from that school as yeah. well. Just a really good techie, like, yeah. that's so valuable that has learned from Completely. 14 how to properly mic and light a stage. Like, yeah. that's amazing. That's ahead of your years. Yeah, it's absolutely and amazing. Because again... they 14, they've got their gaffer tape in their pocket, like, all serious. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was a guy, crazy. there was a guy on, on this, on this, this, this film I just finished, and ge- generally, me and this guy, Gus Khan, were blown away by him, because he was, his, he was, one of his main jobs was marking positions on the floor, but instead of his rolls of tape, he had a board and he'd, he'd, he'd put out lines of tape on it. So each colour had about 10 lines on top of each oh, other. Does that make good, sense? Yeah. And then at the end, he'd written, so red is pip, blue is guzz. So he's got these pre-cut cut bits of tape that he's just going bang, 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 bang. And it's all on this board. And we, again, a small th- thing like that, oh, we were like, Dude, this guy, this guy is next level, he and knows. it's like it's those small things. But Absolutely. in general, a lot of those areas, it's <laughs> it's a weird one to compare t- 
to mixed martial arts, but I'm obsessed with mixed martial arts. But the comparison is this. Honestly, it makes sense. Stay with me. I will, don't worry. Uh, When the sport started off, it was people, it was a guy coming in from wrestling and learning stand-up or a guy coming in from boxing and learning wrestling. And then about five years ago, because it got to a certain age, people were coming in who'd learnt mixed martial arts. They'd learnt specifically to go into that industry. Jeremy, rather than adapting and it's similar in film and tv for example that people would be coming from the previous lighting they've done is in houses or whatever or or, or tech work is in houses or buildings and they're suddenly on a film set whereas because of things like brit school it's like right no you're going to train specifically for that and and go into it i love that in that mindset it is like that and i think they get a lot of um they get overlooked, you know, by yeah. all the kind of artists. But it, that's another thing. It, impo- it teaches all the talent that's come from that school knows to thank everybody properly yeah. and understands that a show is not just one person. Yeah. That it's a massive cargo of people that have put something together and we all are valuable. And that's what that school teaches you, that yeah. you don't just do it on your own. You need somebody to stand at a door and take tickets. Yeah, Everybody's important. It's, 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 it's really good. It's positive routine to grow up that it's your mates are doing all those different jobs. Because again, you're completely right. If if you're doing your a spoken word in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. when you go on, there's someone who was probably there for two, three hours beforehand, setting up the stage and will be there for two, three hours afterwards. But you're going to get up and do your thing. Afterwards, everyone's g- going to be in awe of you and praise you. And no one's going to know about the person who spent longer than you've spent Absolutely. On that actual thing. But they're just doing it for for their art. And Absolutely. that's kind of the key. The same in TV and, again, on bigger live sh- shows as well. You think about a big tour and uh, an Adele tour, the people who are there the day before building that whole stage and everything. Oh, it's like it's enormous work. But that's But it's not for the praise, it's for the art of it and for the Completely and there's expertise. a big a massive season that happens at Brit School where they mix up everybody Brilliant. and you've got um production having to act for a bit and we Amazing. have to do production for a bit yeah. and it we i did makeup for a bit yeah. stage makeup and you mix us all up so we get a real we i did a music bit for a bit so we're all basically getting our hands stuck in something else feeling god actually it's really hard what they yeah. have to do and i have so much respect it's not easy to make someone like they've been stabbed yeah, yeah, like, yeah i yeah, really yeah. appreciate their work yeah. and Oh, like they, I had to sew a blood bag into a skirt, and yeah. when they fell, you know, blood would pour out. And I was like, no, this is really hard. Yeah. yeah. And as much as they, they look at us, they think, God, you speak out loud. That's so scary. Yeah. But it's like, well, what you do is so scary. What if that blood bag doesn't pop? There's, there's, no, there's nothing that makes you appreciate someone's work more than realizing it's something that you really don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want to have to do that. I'm so glad you're here to do that because. I tried that for a week and it was a nightmare. Completely, it was absolutely hell for me. Completely. So that's I know I perv over when the cleaner comes, I literally perv over her. Yeah. I'm like, you are a fucking G. Man, this is the best. <laughs> so um, so, so what was your, your route at, at, at Brit School? Do you go in there knowing what you want to do or do you go in there kind of going, right, here's loads of stuff? No, you go, go. in with a strand, like a major. So yeah. mine was theatre. And then you... Um, I think you can kind of do like a major and then have like a thing that you want to do a little bit after yeah. that but you have to have like a strand so it's like uh, media production dance musical theater theater and music yeah and um and then you can do like your your exams as well so i did yeah. english literature there as well and um 
and they have a syllabus and stuff and actually they're ed- academic they've always had a lot of they've been slated for their academic side saying oh you know it's so much attention on this that you know what are they doing academic wise but they've pulled up their, their socks as well with that too and their teachers are remarkable but i mean even on that it does my head in a bit because it's different it's it's it's, it's variation isn't it of course it's, it's, it's not meant to be your maths and science school that's the point of it most there's there's thousands of schools that will focus on that and not focus at all or with any great level of expertise on the arts so well, also where's the, the damage in having one that's focusing us. on the arts they're actually teaching us the mate i mean i guess the biggest thing we learned from there is gratitude and to be respectful of everybody's platform and everybody's art and discipline i think even if you end up leaving brit school and you end up becoming I don't know, um, working for a charity and you're in a big meeting, it teaches you to respect every single person around that table. You'll take that skill, and even if you, even if you just straight away leave that school and become a parent straight away. It, may, it helps you have empathy. You see the, yeah. the, the glass from every single point of view of every single person because that's what that school does. They don't separate us. They don't put people on pedestals. Like, yeah. obviously, there's, um, you know, we get mini Brit school celebrities. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And that's even been weird for us, watching the people that Brit school celebrities now become working what someone would say is a normal job behind yeah. a desk. Yeah, and you're thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, when I was 18, everyone would look at me like I was a god. Yeah. And now I work in a, in a bank. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big change for them as well but i mean that's like anything isn't it the most good looking boy in school who then yeah. becomes you yeah. know <laughs> sitting by a pool melting. and again it's that thing of you, you you hope beyond hope that they've found something that they're enjoying of course, Do you know what I mean? rather than that thing of, of, of yeah. you were meant to be this then there's that pressure it's again it's similar at school if you were the guy that was amazing at maths and then you're like I don't really like maths that much. Completely. Then if people look and go, oh, he, he dropped off, he works in a shop now, and it turns out he works in a record shop and he loves it and it's yeah. his favourite. He wakes up every morning with a smile on his face. It's like, it's not it's not failed. It's not, well, it's not what was so off, gorgeous you know? as well about that school was money was just so bottom of the rung. Like, Brilliant. They taught us that you don't drive for money and actually you could get really in badly trouble if you sign wrong deals or you do things too stupid and you you, you let your bank kind of lead you. And also about protection, we, we were really um, clued up on um, like royalties and, well, as clued up as we could be for kids when we listened, but we were definitely informed about that, about copywriting, about stealing stuff from other people's work. We were all yeah. posting our own work to ourselves when we were about you know 17 you know yeah. kind of copywriting yeah. ourselves because the school made us do that and it made us be protective of, of our art yeah yeah i love that so yeah. i mean I'm, I'm gonna go on to the kind of the brit school celebrity moments type type bit now but i need to give some some a, a, pre- a preface to it um on this podcast, I ramble on and have these conversations. I don't remember them that well, and they go out each week. I don't remember like what discussions I've had where, or, <laughs> or like for example, I'm not going to remember what we discussed on the record than what we were discussing like as I was setting up. Yeah. But I had someone tweet me the other day saying that about five times in the podcast over the last a year or two, I've made out that me and Adele were like best mates and go way but it's like we did a load of gigs together i got on really well we talked about doing a song together we did some we did the ronson tour and stuff like that so i love adele dearly but i'm never going to make out that we're you know friends from from childhood but you and adele were as tight as they come and and my same was i remember at the time that came out and it being that's about dockers that's so cool so how was that kind of yeah amazing she well she's just my 
re- I can't exp- she's like another sister I guess or like well how would I describe it it's just like she's that fun cousin that used to come round and be like because she does fit it's a hybrid between friendship and and family you yeah. know my mum speaks to her my family speak to her yeah, yeah, yeah. separate to me yeah. if we have a family thing you know that everyone's included and her mum's very important to me as well yeah. I love her a lot and watching watching what's happened you know has been yeah. obviously too much to even take in if I tune into it my brain could explode with pride yeah. but also everything I was just talking about she is first and foremost a mum that's yeah. what she is and she's an amazing mum an amazing friend and an amazing smart I've, I've woman I've loved seeing her and I saw I caught up, up with a, pl- a Paloma the other day and oh, I said I exactly the same I love that both of them legitimately just just walked away from everything f- yeah. for a bit when they, they had their kid because they're both people that I don't think are capable of covering anything up or, or biting their tongue so and knowing all my mates have had kids and how it can be the most beautiful and the most stressful and the most painful and happiness and depression and all sorts of stuff in those at least in those first few months Completely. it could be a roller coaster ride it would have been huge and, and me and, and Ploma are going to uh, talk about it on the podcast soon and now she's in the right place and mindset by saying of her and of Adele it's so good that they went right this is this isn't Adele or yeah. Paloma yeah this is me personally and I need to go and live my life and do that and not do 10 interviews and photo shoots and all this about it. No, you just need to actually just be, be a person, be human. And and Adele is amazing. I mean, I mean, I'm sure she won't mind me saying, but even just yesterday, you know, she's just dropped everything and got so involved in the tower in Notting Hill. She's, she's helped. She's there on the site, literally um, talking to families, giving them what they need, comfort and, and helping when she can, and I'm just so proud of her. You know, that's something that she doesn't have to do, yeah, yeah. and she's she does, and she does, and and she just is so brave, and she understands. What's about empathy? She believes these, you know, believes wholeheartedly in love. I know it sounds so cliche, yeah, but yeah, sure. she does, and she yeah. believes in compassion, and that's why she can relate to all these people. And I think about you know, she genuinely did also work really hard i lived with her for a few years as well and she yeah. just is a complete night owl she wouldn't sleep in the night she's nocturnal yeah. and i'd wake up in the morning and she just had written daydreamer or written yeah. you know chasing pavements you know in the night on a guitar and she really is the real deal she's that complete tortured artist that can get low and most of the conversations i had with her were in the middle of the night on my yeah. space just just rave like she posted a new song at like 2am yeah, and i'm i'm the same up late kind of like this is amazing. That's her. That, she that dropped this kind of bit of blood into the pool, yeah. and then the I've shark just, just came, boy. <laughs> How have you so just done proud. that? Yeah, she and she, she really, and I love that. That's another thing, I guess, about what we all did as well. Was was this kind of? Um, you've lost your little fiddly twiddle. Little thing I was fiddling, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, go on. We have like a kind of spont- spontaneity and a, and a um, relaxation of, yeah. uh, with with spontaneity. You know, it's like yeah. we don't feel threatened by the idea of. Making something, going to give it a little show now. Let's make like, something, and here it is. Just, just and, here. And uh, I mean, that's an interesting point, and particularly on what we, on what you were speaking about there with the 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 tower and all all of this that's gone on recently is when you get to a certain point of 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 notoriety or fame, at points people forget that you're a human and want to do human things. Of so they there's do. been numerous things. I've I've posted a few different bits over the months of people that are doing stuff and people there'll always be someone who's cynically going and or, or lily allen is the worst for getting this she'll constantly be she's speaking so much 
politically and people will constantly be going oh it's to promote a new record it's to keep her name up there and things like that. it's like mm-hmm. you're allowed to be a human as well mm-hmm. and that's what people forget oh but if you don't say anything you're in trouble as yeah. well it's like oh it's easy for you what are you going to do talk about your new record but neglect la la yeah. la and yeah. it's like how do you but I mean that's just trolls just who a- put their head on pillows at night and think to themselves well did I do anything today yes well at least I gave blah blah a hard time what I loved about seeing Adele down there and talking to people was I saw it it all seemed to be completely second hand it didn't oh, yeah. seem I mean there wasn't any here I am at this place which again I struggle hugely although I've just said that I struggle hugely with people who are helping but helping in a way that makes them glorify l- them look yeah, like a, a, a saviour and again it's mm. that's I'm um, I don't talk about it much because I'm aware that that's my own issue. Because at the end of the day, the help is getting done. Yeah. So regardless of if I'm seeing it as cynical, f- fuck it. The people need help and they're getting helped. Completely. R- 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 whether I'm getting angry about it or not, it doesn't yeah, change anything. Exactly. But that's what struck me with that was a lot of different people I saw down there just who literally clearly just saw it happen and got on the train or got in their car or got in a cab and went, right, I need to go and... And help in some way, but she. But even on a smaller, more personal level, you know, she looks after. She has such compassion, and yeah. I feel, you know, to be. That's why I, I feel. I don't know how she does both because to be almost in the way that she she she's so strung out, and, and she sees herself like in that way. She's just a working, grafting mum, and when she's yeah. not working, she's looking after her son and yeah. being the best at everything basically yeah. which I knew and she's an amazing friend and I'm I love it I'm so proud like just so proud Ad- Adele is the only person I can see recreating something that was I felt was a unique experience that I, I, I saw a little while ago and it was when Kate Bush came back and did that, that short did run of shows that? I did I went along oh, it was one that of blew my amazing mind. things I've ever seen but what blew me away the most was she stopped in the peak of her fame to just go and be a mum and then had just been let me remove the word just had been a mum for 20 or 30 years or whatever it was (laughs) and not been Kate Bush she'd been a mum and the beauty was watching the start of the gig and it is kind of slightly awkward and slightly mum it was like like I took my mum I went with my mum and I was in tears at points because I was like that's a mum up there. But Such a mum. I've and forgotten her son's to ask it's Kate Bush, but it's yeah, it's a mum with her son. And by the end, it was full Kate Bush. It was she'd become more relaxed. It was this amazing thing, and I thought it felt at the time that can never be recreated because no one will ever walk away from because of what we've built fame to be. No one will ever walk away at such a point and then come back again. But Adele is the one person that I can see being 100%. bloody-minded enough and, and independent enough to go, I'm so no, I'm done with this. That. I'm she, done with this, forget really it. She couldn't go to that. And I said, rang her after that show and I said to her, you've got to get your ass down, whatever you have to do to go and watch that show. She that was did the same. it. I went she, on the last week or so. And, like, yeah. She was like, I'm so inspired. Like, yeah. uh, because I think she... It, it is, for that exact reason, I mean, yeah. remarkable. The show was remarkable. That aside, yeah. and the, the bravery of it. I mean, we could talk about this for yeah. the whole podcast. It's so good. How do you make a helicopter be in a show? Well, Kate yeah. Bush can do it. Yeah. But but exactly for that reason that has the fact that her son was the one that made you know that said yeah. you need to do something and and it yeah. didn't come across as cheesy, cheesy or, no. or forced or anything. Absolutely it was this not. beautiful thing, and it was like yeah, it genuinely. I I said I. I was the same. I came out of it and there was a couple of people I knew who were big Kate Bush fans. And I was like, look, there's three days left. If you're about, I'll 
I'll get you. I'll find you a ticket. I'll 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 buy you one and all this kind of because like you've got to experience got to. this because it's beautiful. It did feel unique, but yeah, that's what I got from Adele. Kind of, yeah. I can completely see her and Paloma. Maybe I think yeah. Paloma. I love sh- show business too much, so it, it might be tough. But again, I could see there are people I could see they're going. As well, and they're businesswomen, like that's exactly. what I love about them so much. And all mums everywhere that are working really hard and being a mum, like just hats off. Like it's yeah. not easy. Like to, and even I'm not even talking about physically managing that, but also space. Find that space in your heart and your brain to take all of that on. Yeah insecurity in both levels you know all it takes is it could take worrying if your show's going to sell any tickets to then a kid throwing custard in your face and call it saying your little kid being like i don't like you yeah that's both are going to break your heart and you've still got to do both with a smile on your face yeah it's not yeah it's 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 mind-blowing um so anyway let's get back on track um did you at that point uh, when you're leaving Brett school and you're leaving with Adele and Kate Nash and and some of these these people who seem to have their path mm. very much figured out did you feel any pressure or stress at that point of like what is my path and what is my exact route definitely and I think like it can be easily bamboozled I mean we've both seen it you've had kind of taken your alternative own yeah, route yeah. as well and you can feel a bit confused you know at times when you're I don't know like on a really Obvious, really. I'm not, I know this is going to sound ugly, but when you're, you know, 17, 18, and your friends are getting sent big packages from designers yeah. of clothes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a materialistic person, but I do like fashion, and yeah. you feel weird. Like, why are they getting like big presents from? I'm doing I'm my not, art yeah, too, but yeah. it's different in books. And that's it. It's, 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 it's a weird one because I can see how there would be, in a way, more p- pressure on you because of of what you've gone through there there's more expectation i i kind of was lucky to never feel that because i've always felt well no one was ever expecting me to be here and in every <laughs> situation i'm like this is a surprise Look for all of me. us including me so <laughs> this is a delight so it's, it's always felt comfortable drifting from world to world because yeah. it's like i've never but when you've gone to something like brit school at the point where it's blowing up of people coming out of it being yeah. huge there is that extra extra pressure so well it's just fun i'm just so um uh, not to be cheesy but i am just so grateful that my um all that work i felt like i did as a child all those writing books that i have literally as tall as me yeah. stacked up that they saved my bacon really and that that was my they were my first love writing is my first yeah. love poetry especially and I kind of went round the houses at Brit School thinking, am I going to be an actor? Am I going to be that? And then it wasn't till it got right to the end of Brit School and a few of my friends wanted to audition and they were like, there's no female parts anywhere for us to read monologues. And I don't want women to just be um, playing a queen after queen, stroking a fat king's head, going, you can do it, you can do it, you know, crying and being heartbroken. It's got to be other roles. And a few of my friends got into drama school with some of the speeches that I wrote and I thought... You know what? This is my. This is what I know. It's in my it's blood. Writing, writing words. Yeah. Like, that's how. I, that's how I speak, and that's what in every way, metaphorically too. That's what I know. So, been a different route for me, but I'm so. I think in a way, I remember one of my friends, Peggy Sue Girls, actually, yeah. and Rosa saying to me, um, you know. It's one thing to be able to play on stage. We all understand that. We understand what it's like for someone to be on stage. But she was like, I've never met anyone that's had a book published. And it wasn't until then, because I was 19 when I got my first book published, so I thought, oh, yeah, maybe that is pretty actually okay. Like, maybe that is okay. Again, it's going... the success is small. It's different. It's it's, different. It's going back to that same thing of it's as much, if not more work, but not that immediate end of a song applause. 
If you know what I mean, like with music, you instantly get that and everyone's saying that's great. Even if you've completed your book, people still have to go away and read it. Yeah. And that can take ages. Yeah. So it's like... Oh, completely. No one's... I'm never going to get that big that big, big moment of, 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 of well done. So it has to be a personal joy. It has to be a personal achievement. I've completed that. I've handed it in. It's submitted. I'm happy. Do you know what I mean? It, it has to be an internal and personal That's one rather exactly than the, what it is. the and praise. It is exactly that. And the problem is, in some ways, is it's um, you can't quantify what a talent is, I guess, with words because um, everybody uses them. Everybody yeah. thinks they've got a book in them, which yeah. they have. Yeah, yeah, and everybody has a story to tell, which is interesting, which they do. Whereas, you know, you see someone sing on stage and you're like, you have, I could never sing like you. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is something I can't yeah. do. Whereas... Everyone can talk. Everyone can yeah. tell a story. Everybody. So it's like what quantifies what is who separates who should be published and who shouldn't. For me, I think one of the most underrated and underpraised skills is actually doing stuff. <laughs> Which sounds stupid you. because you'll have people go I to agree. art exhibitions and go, "I could have done that." It's like you didn't know, did you? And that's I it. It's like, I could have done this, I could have... Yeah, but you well, didn't. I think you've closed so, that complete chapter. Yeah. I think that's exactly the best answer. I, I say to... The other day, I was um, speaking to someone there because uh, I do these Guardian masterclasses and um, someone said, how do you be a writer? It's right. Yeah. That's literally it. Right, if you write, then you're a and writer. And it sounds... It's, it's troublesome because that's such an easy answer, an easy s- s- sentence. Try doing it. Exactly. Try actually completing it. I, was, I remember the first time I've... I've just had a script I'm working on um, oh, option, well but That's I remember the wicked. first time I was saying to my mate Kelly, who's a script writer, I've got this idea, and I was like, it's amazing, I've got it all planned out. And she was like, well, try and have a drunk. Like, it, was in, it was in an August, you see, an August, so it was several years back. And she was like, well, when you're back over in LA in, in November, try and have a draft for, for me. I'm like, by November. <laughs> it's like, mate, I've got, all I need to do is sit down, it'll take a couple of days to, to write this out. That script I've still n- never written, and that was like four or five years that was ago. In August and then five or six different scripts since then, I've finally actually s- s- sat down and written one. But again, g- genuinely, four or five years after that initial, mate, I'll do that in a month. This is the thing. And then, but it's not. It's not. And as when, simple when as you that. want to, but that's because your experience of writing is when you when you want to write something, yeah. it falls out of you. You yeah. you don't even have control. Like that's 100%. the way to time travel. Yeah. Is you literally like where did that day go? Because when you've got something that's it's urgent. Yeah. I'll be I'll be when I'm lost in a scene. I'm writing. A, I don't know something sad or scary. If my heart is not thumping out of my chest and I don't feel like I want to cry, something's going wrong. Yeah. So you should. If, if it feels like a chore and an effort, that's not the call. That's not the call for you. You've but it's such a tough else. balance as well because you can spend your whole life saying, I'm waiting until I'm inspired. until I'm, And so it's a balance, right, of work ethic oh, and inspiration. i get my new laptop. Did Shakespeare have a laptop? No. Yeah. I, honestly, I kicked myself when I finally sat down t- to write a short script because I'd spent so long going, well... The fact is, I don't know how the script writing program works. So it's I'm going to have to spend some time figuring that out. And then I opened it up and it's bloody, it does itself. It writes it itself. But I'd spent so long going, well, there's no point in starting now because I need to learn the program and then I'll start on the script. It was like, I don't really like you saying that actually on this because I think I've been going to everyone, oh, I've just got my head around final draft. So like, um, it's <laughs> taken me a few days. So you see, I now use, you basically just outed me. You see, I use one called, I think it's called Fade Out or Fade to Black, which is Ooh. similar to final draft. But again, they're both... It it is it's it's so intuitive final draft's actually really hard so yeah, i just want to yeah, say that it's right really now. tough so, so and i've actually cracked it so um. so 
so how was it like how do you feel it took you finding your voice as a writer because your first bits were poetry collections right or yeah. it was there's been a variation along mm. the way but they're all the same I, I i always get asked this but i approach everything in the same way the same what i was talking about earlier if i'm doing a drawing or a piece of art or a collage or whatever i'm making and i've just written a, a film as well a short yeah. film with my brother Amazing. i attack everything in the same way i don't think and i've been doing songwriting as well helping with lyrics with artists awesome and everything because uh, your brother's done some really good music videos he and stuff hasn't he right? I'm sure really I've seen good. some of his he stuff has. over he's done Ray Black years. and George yeah yeah, that's, yeah 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 he's done some amazing stuff amazing um, but we all we're all storytellers um, yeah. all of us and I, I feel if I approached it differently I'd feel like I'd lose what makes me me and, yeah. and I feel sometimes I'm I, when I first tried to write a children's book for example yeah. I sort of changed my writing style like good morning children yeah yeah what a time <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was like, wait a minute, just because you're a child doesn't mean you automatically have no personality at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought, when well, then when I came at it from a different way and just wrote how I write, just without the swear words, yeah. suddenly I got offers and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, right, it's still... just got to, They want to publish you because they want you to because write of like your you. voice, not again. Yeah. yeah, and that can be such a mistake of going, oh, I need to write, I like that. It's like, no, they've already got that. Yeah. That, that already exists. Completely. So. Exactly. And when it comes to even um, writing, you know, at the moment, writing play, for example, I think, oh, it's got to be very serious now because it's a play and every line needs to be pregnant with feeling. And then I'm thinking, they probably asked me to write a play because they just want to translate what I've done in a book or yeah. my spoken words, for example, yeah, yeah, and yeah, catapult yeah. that to the stage. Completely. Why are you trying to be somebody else? You know, why yeah. are you... And then, you know, just that's what you've got to do. And, and, I, and whenever I get asked as a guardian about writing, you so you have to speak like yourself all the time. Yeah. When you're talking to your friends, when you're writing a text message, when you're um, writing an email, write like you. Yeah. You know, always yeah. speak, write how I'm, you speak. I, I mention them all the time, but I think Michaela Cole and Donald Glover are both huge examples of that at the moment, where particularly with Michaela Cole with Chewing Gum, that that was her, her one a woman show it was her, her spoken yeah, word show yeah. and then they went let's turn that into a tv show and just yeah. do it exactly as you did it do you know what i mean yeah. not not kind of go oh we need to tweak this and changes and what made it jump out was you watch it like oh wow that's not like most tv shows but that's what's good about it they've it's not gone tone. let's turn it into this thing it's like no it's still just a regular girl talking to like yeah tr- truthfully and and donald glover with atlanta as well I've mentioned it a, a ton of times. It's one of my series of the year, but I couldn't tell you what the story is. It's just because <laughs> of the tone of it and just the style. It's like, it's so engaging and yeah, exciting and new. Yeah, and, and you fall for it. Yeah. And it's so true when you see, you know, you were saying earlier about artists that are relatable. It's like when you see someone that is your species, you just feel instantly drawn to them. Like yeah. you, you, it's, it's like, yes, you're, you're doing art, but you're like me. And it's, that's the most amazing moment it's it's great because I found it with you and with Polar Bear and with several others and again like with Kate Nash and all these where I'd watch and it wouldn't be a case of I could see myself performing something with them or this that it's like I could see myself spending an evening in a pub with them and it'd be enjoyable not not in a like I had I had Saul Williams on the podcast Mm -hmm. and he's absolutely amazing but I felt so much pressure because i'm so in awe of him he's not someone i particularly looked at and thought i could just hang out with him in the pub because it'd feel i'd feel i'm needing to up my game and all this has to be this intellectual conversation whereas it feels like again kate tempest was another one that is like 
I could just I hang just out with him and Kate never talk day, about anything artistic. Yeah, because and- Kate, I feel she's. How long has she been going on? You know, she's tried the music angle for so long, and yeah. everyone's gone, Kate. Um, don't you understand what your top of your game in spoken word? Like, yeah. don't do the music. Everyone's been saying that to her for so long. Yeah, she's yeah. like, got this twinkle in her eye. Like, no, music's my Honestly, heart. That's what I've she did this. at Brit School. Yeah. You know, no, trust me, trust me, trust me. And when I, she hasn't changed anything, yeah. she's still telling the exact same stories, being exactly the same woman, um, and smashing it. And, and I'm just, just like, you know what? She just believes in herself. She's just done Brixton Academy. I know. She's, Little Kate Tempest doing Brixton Academy. I love it. It's I beautiful. Know. It is beautiful. But she's yeah, the real deal. So did you feel, just speaking of that, of, of that pressure, I guess, when something clicks, it felt to me from the outside that Darcy Burdock was the one that, seemed to everyone it made sense to everyone yeah, yeah did you feel then oh right i'm a young adult writer now that's um, that's the, that's what i have to do there's now i've built the audience and again in a we were speaking of of of, of motherhood or whatever but you instantly had a lot of children relate to that that character and yeah. therefore relate to you so did you then feel right i've kind of got responsibility now to well, to I was continue kind of along like, this route just so everyone knows I really like alcohol so just making sure parents when you come to my readings yeah. you're going to see Instagram pictures where I have been drunk in the past yeah. so I'm just saying yeah. that you know it's kind just of like do I clear. have to clean myself and be like you know and I, I've shared the stage of the incredible Jacqueline Wilson a few times right. wow. shared from the same biscuit packet as her so amazing um, but and, and she is just as I feel exactly the same you know just talking about people that we idolise she's yeah. my version of that and I think God I need to brush up and be really perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's like the children now I know the children's world um, they're normal thank God and all I'm looking for all the time is a pop star that wears a cardigan and likes tuna past the bake yeah, and is yeah. normal you know and is not you know slagging off her ex-boyfriend who's talking about important things like mortgages that she's scared about yeah. you know and I feel like everyone in the children's world they're just actually are normal people and these are who's writing books for kids and i'm so glad about that you know it's like the young adult industry is blowing up it's so exciting it remind me of 15 um uh rated films that are 15 because it's like because you can't go there you can like almost go there it's like when you close your eyes on the ghost train and you can hear these howls and your brain's thinking what on earth is going on in that completely scenario and and, And it's such an itchy scratchy gray area that you we get to embed ourselves in and, yeah. and and literally leave like dot dot dots on the page where a child's brain can go Vroom. it's the beauty of literature as well is their their brains already having to be in that that mode yeah if that makes sense if you're watching a film i mean horrors are one thing but if you're watching a film generally what you see is all you're taking in yeah in uh, in Broadly, I guess yeah. it's, that's kind of generally what's happening. Whereas a book, because you're you're having to engage your mind in that much of a manner anyway, Do some work. that when you leave that those kind of open areas, it's like. It runs off down that And we were allowed to do that. You know, if you're reading an adult thriller, you know, you want it to go there. We want blood. We want everything. But YA, we can do that. I mean, you, you were saying about, like, do I see myself as a young adult writer? Like, I'm almost so... I was so grateful when I get adult work still. Like yeah, when yeah, I yeah. when someone asks me to to do something, you know, grown up, I feel like, oh, thank you for letting me have a chance of. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, and but what I need to remember is with kids, you know, I would totally be up for seeing Jacqueline Wilson write an adult play. Like, yeah. But I was saying to you earlier when you sat down here, it's like I love it that you do everything. You know, it's like 
why do we have to just stick to one one discipline? It's key to uh, to have have that that variation. I was, I was discussing this with, with with Doc Brown the other day on the I podcast, love Doc and Brown. He, he was saying how, and we kind of summed it up as it's all dependent. Well, on, he did that kids show, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, mm. and he did his his book, his his, his mm. kids book, The Bear. Um, and again, it's all about it's all a case of when you got on on the train. Like if you got on the lower dock will train at, at, at Darcy Burdock well you're a, a young adult right yeah. if you got on at seeing her drunk doing crude poetry yeah. at, at, yeah. at an event then you're yeah. like why is she allowed to write for kids do you know what I mean it's, so it is it's about what point you go and it's not you You will have people and and, and J.K. Rowling will, will, will have this that when she tries to write outside of Harry Potter be like but are you going to do any more you're going to do any more Harry Potter though? it's like well I've done that and it's still there. Yeah. But it's not been erased from time, but you can do these other things and have that. It is funny when the, um, when the, um, Dockers MC spoken word fans though, come to the children's events. Yeah. It's like, you've got like nine year olds and then you've got these like 30, 30 year olds kind of sitting there, like trying to, you know, tune up with kids. Yeah. But I love it. I love it. And I think also the kid, you know, already the, from Darcy Burdock book one, these kids are now teenagers. Like yeah. they're already 18 and now they can go back and read mistakes in the background yeah. and enjoy that as an adult. So yeah. I just kind of feel my aim is to have like a book for every grown up in a stocking, for every yeah. family member in a stocking on a, yeah. <laughs> on a uh, fireplace. Yeah, I love Christmas. that. So, well, I mean, you spoke of the excitement of having um, a younger siblings and being able to. To, to to craft them or teach them your ways and put mm-hmm. them. so how's it been getting to a point where you're going into schools and working with kids and teaching with kids because I think again it's a very specific skill and art form and a lot of people don't realize that a lot of poets or or writers will have a level of success and think oh I can go and teach children it's it's a skill like I turn down a lot of school work because it's not a skill I've had time to learn yet but I'll always recommend people like Polar Bear or Kate Tempest because they're amazing at relating with kids as how have I you think found you'd that you'd be amazing at it but um I, it's natural to me like i know i've been i'm very maternal and i i love children i always have and i used to work at this really funny place called jimboree yeah um so kids working with kids is not um scary to me intimidating at all but what is scary is going to a school scratching at a surface getting everyone excited about words and then it being three o'clock and, and being like away. oh that's it. I'm never yeah. going to see you again. Or getting that kid that's never read out loud to read out loud, and everyone go ah, and then be like, and then be like, what do I do now? Yeah, that's and it. I'm now being it's like, gone. I'm so sorry. Like, you're in Birmingham. Yeah, and I'm here, and I, I also can't email you. You're a kid. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's tough. yeah, we can't. I can't. And that's be it. Individually mentoring kids around the country in a weird way. Every single week, exactly. Yeah. It happens every week, and that's the hardest bit is wishing you could kind of do more but it's just like I mean I went to the most amazing school actually um, near out near you Harold Wood is that too yeah, far from yeah, me? Yeah 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 that's right head teachers taken over and turns this playground into I mean I show you pictures afterwards but like um, he's made um, a whole band like instruments set up out of recycled parts amazing. a tree house that wraps around a tree um, 
a big open art player where kids can just get messy a little mini Jurassic Park sand pit swamp I love it um, for, little a forest little um, forest setups for storytelling and um, wow. and then he goes and watch this gets his iPhone music just bl- blares out of these speakers that are hidden in the woods and I'm like there are people doing it and yeah. that's the moment when you think I'm so lucky to be a part of this as I say that must be hugely inspirational to get to go and see these things because again i I would never have known that that existed until you've said that. Yeah. So the fact that there are these schools that yeah. have still got that passion, and particularly as it's a time where our school system gets sh- shit on a lot, and, and rightfully so in many places, it can be dry, it can be test-driven, and 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 yeah, uh, achievement grade-driven, and all mm-hmm, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But it's exciting, or it must be exciting to get, because I'd imagine the kind of places that you're invited to are going to be those ones, are going to be the ones that are trying to do something a bit they more are. and trying to be And the teachers creative. that are working hard are just amazing. I went to speak at um, um, City Hall um, with Sadiq um, and I read a poem and did so, because I've got a new poetry book coming out. Yes. Um, so I went there and met all these amazing head teachers that were just like, and the amount of, just from doing that one poem that and that one little bit I spoke about, got like, 20 school visit offers just Amazing. off the end of that and I, and they're just passionate teachers that are just love what they do and yeah. want to genuinely want to improve a child's life yeah. and that's the stuff that's really when you realise God my job is not just within the pages of this work that is not the conversation that's just the start especially with a book like Darcy where you're I'm talking about the imagination about being yourself encouraging kids to be themselves it's like an early stab at feminism Darcy yeah. Bird or yeah. kids like it's really cool to ride a BMX actually so yeah. I'm going to do that yeah. um, And but without without being you know just coaxing it gently without forcing it and my job is not just within those pages. It's out, you know, so, it's the dialogue. That it's, you're... it's so interesting to hear you say that because one of the first things you learn in the music industry is as a kid, you think of like, an album coming out. That's it. That's the big point. And then you learn that that's the start point. Like most albums it's I feel are finished after a couple of tours. Even yeah. the fact that I always remember hearing one of our songs in a shop or something and going, I'd forgotten it sounds like that because it's developed so much over touring mm. that that album version was just the starting point. That's to get it all out there. It's it's finished to a point and then it's everything that comes after that. And that's that. similar with a book, but it's hard to imagine because you put so much time and so much of your heart into completing a book that it should feel that that's it when it's done, but yeah, it's, not. it's not. It's getting out there and explaining oh, and it more wish and you learning could change the characters things, more. You know, when I'm, exactly, you probably have this in your job, but you know, I'll be speaking about the work on stage and the kid will ask me a question or... I'll think of something and I'm like, oh, she should have said she that. Should have Darcy that. should yeah. have said that. Like, but that's the that's the wonder of uh, being able to tour and work live is is yeah. being able to fill in all those gaps. Um, you went and talked to my cousin, um, or gave a talk to my cousin. How was she? It was. Oh, are you, you messaged me about it because you said oh, God. M- my cousin's Sophie at Brit oh, School, God. I think it was, oh, and you were God, like, yeah, this was. There's a girl ago. claiming that she's your cousin, but I'm not sure if you're. So can you? This was ages this ago, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah no, suddenly back. I was thinking, when was this? Was this yeah, no, no, it was no, a long no. while back. It was, yeah, again, yeah, it was she was amazing she was good to hear that. She was so proud of to... you as well. <laughs> <laughs> and but, I was like, this is actually my my spotlight moment. Yeah, so can we not, why are you bringing up your famous cousin right now? Can we not cloud this? But how is it to go back to places <laughs> I like Brit School? and Because and, that's... I forgot about that. I guess the most relatable at points, because that's somewhere you've actually been. So you will know all the more what is going to click and what is going to work. If you know what I mean? Like, it's... It's tough going, as you said, to a random school somewhere f- yeah. for one day because you don't know what will continue on. 
Whereas if yeah. you're going back to somewhere where you know the framework a little, I'd imagine you may be able to kind of, even if you are there for one day, know what is going to set them on the right path for what well, is available to even them. Even the receptionist from Brit School, a guy called Dan, he literally tweets us all the time. He supports everything we Amazing. do still to this day. Like Dan's like, big up, blah, 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 blah. Like yeah. always, or he'll message one of us being like, blah, blah, have you seen what blah, blah, blah is doing? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like amazing. He's a receptionist. Like yeah. it's incredible. I love it. Um, but um, what, what I'm so especially an advocate for there at Brit School, I think is I went in there to do one thing and I've come out doing not completely another, but a slight diversion. Yeah. And it's to say, you know, there are, these are not just because the, you there's six strands you don't have to find a job in one of these six strands there are so many cracks between everything you know yeah. you can squeeze into a crack yeah. and if you are i mean you've made it anyway just by being alive but yeah. if you've um if you're doing what you want to do in whatever form you're making it and that's all that school is to do is to encourage you to think for yourself and fall you know and i love people so much scroobius i could quite easily fit into any job because yeah. I love humans yeah. so yeah, much yeah, and yeah, I would yeah. write when I get home like yeah. the fact that some I've been given this chance I feel in debt I'm never going to sit back in my chair and go hmm I've had a few books now and yeah. some of them yeah. some people know who they are so my work yeah. is done yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm constantly onto not just the next thing but the next the next the next I've got 18 projects on right now Amazing. and I adore them all equally I love and it. some of them fight with each other and sometimes it's hard but um I, I will never ever want there's no bigger fear I have in the world than boredom yeah and I don't see any spare minute as a minute of oh, I'm just gonna put my feet up that's why I don't have a TV yeah because I just want to live and dra- drain every second th- out of every second I think it's an underrated um, um, message and I've answered it, it before online and it sounds f- f- flippant when people say so, so what's your biggest motivation and half the time it will be boredom so I, I've got some time to fill and I want to fill it. The the, the most enjoyable way to fill it is create something that and you I'm excited about and proud yourself, of. Do you? If, you've yeah. been, if you, you could, everyone could lie on the sofa, have a nap, yeah. look through Instagram. Everyone and again, everyone can and that's fine. You need that as well yeah. every now and then. If of you, course you, you, you know. do. But you could spend... For, and, and you know what? This is the, uh, what I love about art, uh, about art is that it doesn't start and stop with the making of your art. It's yeah. also just talking to someone you haven't talked to before, walking a different way you haven't walked and going to this art gallery that everyone's talking about you think, oh, I don't know, and doing something different. That's engaging and that's joining yeah. the community part of the conversation. That's where inspiration comes from and yeah. that's going to shake up your head and make your work better. So I feel it's... Um, I think you've got to. You've got. You could. There's plenty of time to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and again, it's, it's now. <laughs> it's wonderful because it is an incredible, incredibly lucky area to be in. Anything that's storytelling is because I genuinely go into the cinema. I can see that as work, and it's tough at points because you'll be watching a really good film and it'll give you an idea. And I had this at the Fringe a lot. I love the Fringe, but half the shows I'd be like, I that. That's made me think of something completely unrelated, but it's just spawned this little idea, yeah. and then I can't concentrate on that show you because I'm like, there and I need to write this down and, and get this this going. So that's kind of again, it's lucky that that we can go. Yeah, I've oh, I've not had a day off this week. I've seen three plays. 
I've been to the cinema four times. It's yeah, like exactly. Really hard week. Been working really Absolutely. hard, but it still is. It's still that focus. Yeah, of- and and but you know, <laughs> I agree, and I think it's important what you said as well about you know allowing yourself time to rest and for wellness and mindfulness. But and they're doing that in schools now as well. You know, they yeah. all have mindfulness now. I love all that. kids, primary school kids, which I love. They have a reading half an hour every the whole whole school reading. Brilliant. You go to the reception, it's silent, Brilliant. and everybody's reading. The gardener, the caretaker, I the nurse, oh, everyone's wow. reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. It's crisp. You've never yeah. heard a school. It's ghostly. Yeah. Um, um, we need that too. But I feel. Don't you enjoy a rest so much more when you've earned that rest? Yeah, and completely. I'm not saying you need to be flat out on your back, but I'm just saying listen to that little you in that I was talking about earlier at the beginning that says if you want to do something you are in charge. Only you can do that. No one's going to make yeah. that happen for you. But you have to look back and think. You know what? Even if it doesn't happen, I did everything I could. Don't yeah. just rest and put your feet up and think, you know, it's going to happen for me. You've got to do it and you can. And again, it, it genuinely, even on a selfish level, it feels amazing. It feels, it feels amazing, amazing to do it. If you know you've done all you can, then even if you, can sleep if you don't night. get it, you can go, man, I did so, so exactly. much for that. It's, exactly. It is what it is. But I think also, I mean, I will wrap things up because we're on about 70 minutes. But um, I think it's really important or what you were saying there about being a kind of almost uh, a, a, a role model to say you can deviate off path, you can go in different directions. Because I think, again, the whole careers advisor type thing at school, I know it's set up to give you some guidance, but it's also set up in many ways to give you something to fall short of. You know, if, if from an early age, I want to be this, then when you're not that, as we were saying at the start, the, if you're the cool kid at school or the idolised one, so it, there's there's things to fail on. And teaching people that not doing what you maybe wanted to do at this point isn't isn't failure. As long as you, as long as you're doing something you want to do, it's not failure. That's the bottom line, isn't it? And I think people have got the wrong attitude. They think that they they tangle up um, work and art and money. You know, it's mm. like I always think it's funny when. Um, I think it's Justin Bieber says in one of his songs, he talks about his job, you know, yeah. he sings his job and we all know his job is Justin Bieber and it kind of throws you out of the yeah. world of his fiction and it's yeah. like, yeah. wait a minute, are you are you Justin Bieber? Are you an actor of Justin Bieber and yeah. this is your job or is, you, is your job your art? And, but at the end of the day, that is his job. He's an yeah. artist and and completely have to hail that. I feel um, some, some, the, the, your salary does not have anything to do with the quantity of your art mm-hmm. at all. They're different yeah. things that we think oh I always get asked this question how much money at schools how much money do you get you know to be a writer not much like writing is not much money you don't do it for money you do it because you love it and and anyone that's making a penny out of writing or their art in general you're a success 100 percent. you're a success yeah and even if you you know you make a greeting card and you sell it for a pound you've done that like that's amazing yeah and again it's it's exactly that it is it is knowing that it's a success j- just to be there like i've had a couple of 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 acting gigs that have come in that they've said at the start it's not a very well paying one but it's this and that and i'll be sitting there thinking like mate i've worked in factories i've worked in factories i've worked on vans i've worked on all sorts yeah. of things it's like yeah. you're paying me to go and yeah have fun and learn off these amazing people and essentially play i mean that's that sounds and like it's, it's cheapening like, it, but it's still, true. it's like that's it's amazing. True. It's like every single bit of clothes that you've got on your back, yeah. you've paid for out of your art, yeah, completely. And that is such an amazing. I, genuinely, every time I have one like that, I do think, and I shouldn't be saying this out loud because it will dr- drive all my fees down. But I genuinely always l- 
sit there and think, jokes on you because I'd, I'd be doing this for free. <laughs> like, like, I'd be here for free, particularly I'm working with these people. It's a couple of months out of my time. I'd come and do that for free. That's so when they're saying, here's, the, here's what we'll pay you and all this, yeah. it's like, mate. I know, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it really is. But yeah, so, I mean, I left round things up. I, I what's ahead? You, you've got a poetry collection coming out. You're going to oh, be yeah. in Edinburgh, aren't you? I saw you doing Yeah, I am. I've got a new book coming out called My Mum's Growing Down, yes. which is all about... Because I feel like in children's books, as a mum always gets a massive stick. Dad's mm-hmm. always the funny, clumsy, silly one. Yeah, and mum's always mum. Be careful. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, that's everyone's home is different. Yeah. Not everyone has a mum. Not everyone yeah. has a, two parents. You know, we've got a completely... Um, amazing mixture of everybody which is what i love and basically um it's poems about um how brilliant mums are basically and how it's not easy to be one all the time based mostly around my own mum yeah it's with faber and faber and it comes out in august amazing and then i'm gonna go to edinburgh and read some poems which be so i haven't done poems for about eight years seven years i I saw that and i was like i was worried that i'd missed I mean, it's, it's always tough yeah. when because I'll have people I can't tell me I've not seen in ages. And when you're in your own world, you're aware of everything. It's not rude that there's people who aren't. And I'll have people come and go. So are you still doing stuff? And it'll be like there'll be a little bit bit of you going. Oh, yeah, I'm doing great actually. But um, thanks for hanging. <laughs> no, I hate that. But again, but it is, it's, it's real. Still doing the books? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, mate. To but again, like my husband, <laughs> I was saying this the other day is. Um, Ed Sheeran's a great example, and yeah. he's a nice kid. He's he, like he used to come to, to a lot of our, sh- our, sh- our shows early on. I really and like, like him actually. Yeah, but he's got say thirty-two million or whatever uh, Twitter followers. That means there's several b- b- billion people who don't follow him. So again, there's several billion people who aren't going to be aware yet. He's huge. So yeah, he's huge. To to ever have that feeling that people should know what you're doing and what you're up to. It's no just way. an illusion. Absolutely it's a fiction. not. And even your own, my own best friends think, I can't, they always say to me, they're like, I can't keep up. I have to write things on the wall just so that I can keep up yeah. with them. You know, yeah. it's like, how do you... But um, it'll be really nice. I mean, as soon as I read poems out again, anyway, I think this is like, it's in, this is what I did since I was three, yeah. like four, yeah. you know. I just yeah, ran my oh, first man. poetry masterclass at the day at the garden. I was thinking, I can't do this. Like, children's ones I've been doing yeah. for ages, but I was like... I can't do this. What 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 qualifies me to be a poet anymore? And yeah. I'm like, as soon as I do it, I'm like, oh no, this is like it's like this. telling me how to have brown hair. Yeah, is yeah. doing a masterclass on that. I live it. Like yeah. I I know how to do it. So really excited for for that. And um, my publishers have really just let me be really brave. And I mean, to be a Faber, I feel really like a bit like you. Like I need to kind of show up wearing yeah. like really posh, smart shoes and a little briefcase, Completely. And a beret. Um, but again, they want, you, they want you for yourself, isn't it? That's yeah, what they want you for. Exactly so. that. So, so where can people keep up to date on everything? That's, yeah, it's that probably is Twitter, but I'm going to have a brand new website actually for um, My Mum's Growing Down with some poetry videos for schools because um, I think that's what we... I've I, I realised kids love poems. They just love poems. Kids yeah. love poems and they love um, words and they love... So I think a little visual for them and they're going to go to schools and do all that. And, Amazing. Yeah. I guarantee I'm, I, I was just... <laughs> I, was, I don't know why it came to mind. It's because you were thinking of mums, but I guarantee, because my mum tunes into the podcast, I guarantee you're going to get an email asking you to come and do some stuff at Thurrock Libraries because she does get a lot to. of her booking ideas from my podcast, Cheeky <laughs> Cow. But she will, like, they'll be off one. She's like, 
I've emailed this person that was on to see if, if they want to come and do a read. And so, yeah, I'm sure That's you'll That's when get... you were like, where can they keep up with your stuff? Yeah. Like, Mum, did, did you hear that, Mum? So, where, um, so go on Twitter and on the new website that's got videos. Um, um, and your mum, I bet, I think she's probably growing down, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you very oh, it's much. So it's nice been amazing to, see you to catch again. up. Thank so you. Nice. Cheers. There we go, that was Laura. As you can tell, we were both incredibly excited to have a bit of a catch-up. It was lovely to catch up with her. Yeah, I need to get more more people on from from back in the day. I've had Gemma on and Laura. Um, me and, K- and Kate Nash have said that, that we're going to do a little podcast at some point. So we'll get we'll get more and more on and have more and more little chatty chats. Um, that's it for this week. As I mentioned earlier, it's Saturday, the 22nd of July. So this coming Saturday, come down to the book club. You can come and have a photo booth session with me from 8pm. Um, if you miss that from 9pm, it's just the club night. It's, it's, it's a fiver to get in. It's my most fun um, evening of the month every time we do it. So... I'll be getting drunk and playing some songs. We've got amazing DJs and amazing guests. So come on down to that. Hang out. Celebrate my birthday and enjoy yourselves. Oh, also, Hardcore Listing Live. That is August 10th. If I'm about, I'm going to be part of that. If not, it's still going to be an amazing night. I think they've got about 10 tickets left, so swoop quickly on that. Hardcore Listing Live. Um, Yeah, I'll see you next week. Ta-ta. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.